Welcome to another episode of the F-Sharp Podcast presented by Harmony Wealth. I am your host, Tanner Bortnum, and with me is co-host Adam Henning. In this episode, we discuss volatility. What is it? What causes it? And what to do to keep yourself on track when it happens. We hope you find this episode helpful. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Well, hey, what's up there, Adam? How you feeling? Feeling a little better? Heard you guys had uh, the flu bug go through the house. Back to a normal functioning human. <laughs> well, that's good. How uh, doesn't sound like you know, the this previous weekend was was too fun for you guys? Yeah, it's always fun picking up your kid from daycare on a Friday and then teacher going, mm-hmm. uh, Miles or Miles's best friends have had flu. And it's going around, so have a good weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I was Uh, like, uh, cool. Um, So, yeah, we just played uh, Russian roulette with that and hoped that he didn't get it. Um, He was a great son and just carried the flu bug and gave it to mom and dad. So, Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, Greta woke up in the middle of the night, Saturday morning, Friday night, and uh, I think she was out of bed for two hours the entire day. Oh, so it was girl. just me, me and Miles until about nine o'clock. I put him down, and then it was my turn, and I just <laughs> got floored and was out of commission for fourteen hours, sixteen hours or so, and then. Um, yeah, by you know, 24 hour mark, it was kind of completely out of the system. So weird. Just thankful that Miles didn't have to, didn't have to clean up a pukey crib or anything. <laughs> sure. Well, silver lining, right? But that's a bummer that got to, you know, mom and dad and, and you guys got sick, but, uh, yeah, no, I had I mean, I sushi just... for dinner on Saturday Ooh. and Ooh. that came up like sushi no, so no, that was... that, yeah that's enough that's enough for our <laughs> listeners and, and for myself there i don't need to hear any more of so that. that's the last time i'll have that for a while yeah so. yeah i i don't i think the last time i got sick sick uh i was in like seventh or eighth grade you know knock on wood here i i have a i guess pretty good immune system i must live in a bubble or i don't really know um but, you have a kid that's what with a petri yeah, daycare yeah i the I, only reason why i get sick I do not look forward to that part about being a parent, but you know, it's, I guess you got to take, you got to do it. <laughs> it's going to happen. So take your vitamins and hope for the best, I guess. Right. Yep. But, uh, well, I think that actually, and somewhat ironically kind of leads, uh, 
well into our topic for today, which is you know, volatility and how volatile <laughs> things can can be, uh, not only in in our health and and how we feel, but but also the markets and and uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that we talked about this, uh, as everyone is you know I'm sure well aware the markets have have ticked up in their volatility as of recent, um, and you know so we just wanted to talk about talk about volatility. You know what what is it? Um, why is it so scary? uh what causes it and you know kind of finish up the episode with some some best advice to manage volatility and you know try to help ease any of those nerves and 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 work through it so that you're making wise choices uh anytime the markets get volatile because just like the flu you don't know when it's gonna come but there will always be another volatile time in the market it's it's guaranteed to happen it's just a matter of when is uh, market volatility um, kind of like flu season? Is there is the end of the year always kind of a, a historic time to tick down a little bit due to some influences by end of the year changes with with uh, financial plans and all that, or is that just too easy of a um, a forecast? Uh no, um, I wouldn't say that it always happens at the end of the year i would say we probably have a higher chance of it happening happening at the end of the year just because um you know certain factors that that could exist uh you know and and uh i, I think we kind of want to we'll, we'll put pause on that just for a second because that, that's part of the causes you know of okay. what's going on you know because obviously volatility that's going on right now it's the end of the year so that's going to fit perfectly into your your question there, if we could just kind of push that off for a few minutes. Um, but you know, just kind of hitting that real quick, I, I would say there's a higher chance of it happening towards the end of the year, but no volatility can, can happen at, at any point in time. Um, and, and let's just, yeah, let I guess let's just kind of start with, you know, what just, just letting people know what is volatility, you know, what, what does that, what does that mean? I'm sure everyone's heard of that. Um, you know, and, and basically what it is, is just, uh, you know, well, it's the markets, uh, going up or down, um, typically the one people are most uh, aware of is when the markets go down and are volatile. But it, it's when trading picks up. Um, it's when there's faster movements. You know, the markets. If if a normal week, you know, the the Dow Jones is going to move 500 points in a day. Well, during a volatile time period, it's going to move a thousand points a day or something. You know, it's moving more. It's moving faster in either direction. Now, again this kind of leads in that second point. Why does it seem so scary? And it's because typically when people focus on volatility is not when the markets are going up. I mean, there are days of mark, you know, Dow gains a thousand points and the markets go up, you know, several days in a row. Well, we don't call that volatility, even though technically it, it probably is. It's just positive volatility. Um, what we're, what we are most concerned with and what people mostly think about when they hear volatility is, um, you know, when, when the markets are going down, when, when something has come up that's caused, uh, you know, the markets to retreat or to correct um, and and cause more selling than there is buying. And now you're getting those bigger, faster movements to the downside, uh, you know, quicker. And and that's that's really kind of the core of, of what volatility is. Um, how often do you have to temper emotional responses based on volatility with your clients i would assume that it has 
um, the the time or the, the the place with where they're at and with the retirement plan is probably a big factor in that. If they're close to retirement, um, you know, a sharp swing is probably a bigger deal um, than someone that's early on in their journey. But um, obviously, it's a, a a blanket question. But how often, as a financial advisor, are you tempering those emotional responses of what's going on? Um, that, that, uh, I guess that's a little difficult for me to answer. Um, I'm going to kind of split that, uh, from, from my side of things, I don't do it that often. Um, I have really, really, really great clients and, you know, we've worked really hard together to create a financial plan that works for them. They understand it. They know that it's based on the long term. So when volatility picks up in the short term, you know, they're, they're, I'm not going to say they're not concerned, but they, you know, they know and they have trust in me that, that I have them. I have their back and the plan is, you know, is built to withstand this. Um, now, a lot of other people who may not have a financial plan or work with a financial advisor or maybe the financial advisor doesn't, you know, give them those warm, fuzzy feelings like that and give them that support, then then I think it you could see it a lot. Um, you know, I, I've met with other ad- advisors throughout my career, and and anytime there's a volatile time period, you you know, I mean, you you hear it in their voice. They're talking about how stressed out they are, how many phone calls they're receiving, all of that, and that's um, for it. I would say for for a, a typical person, definitely when volatility picks up, they're gonna be a lot more concerned. They're gonna be calling their advisor. They're gonna be you know, working off of emotion and, and, um, you know, because it is, cause it, it's scary and there's a bunch of reasons why it, it feels scary. Um, which it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't, but it, it just, it does. And, and, you know, unless, like I said, unless you have that financial plan built already and that you have confidence in and that you know is going to be there and help you through the long term. Uh, to fall back on and have that comfort level, well, then then it is a scary time, and you know, just unfortunately, too many people don't have that, and so I would say that you know, for those people, it's it's something that could happen, you know, two three times a year. You mentioned short term and long term. How do you define those? What's 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 short term versus long term? If you were to define that, sure. Well, I mean, short term is going to be anything that's it's vague, but you know, short term volatility could be anywhere from a couple of weeks to, you know, if it's a, if it's an actual recession, you know, the, re- the, the great recession that we had lasted, you know, part of 2007, you know, all the way to the beginning, you know, March 9th of 2009. So, you know, about 18 months, roughly, um, that's more short term. When we're talking long term, we're talking years, you know, if you're 65 years old, and life expectancy is 85 plus, I mean, you realistically have probably 20 plus years of retirement. Well, that's long-term. We're not going to let something that happens, you know, for six weeks or, or six months or 18 months change and affect 20 year period. Like when you can start stretching it out to a 20 year period, that's a, that's a really short blip. Even if it lasts two years, it's 10%. It's only 10% of the time. So, um, I guess that's that's what I would say. I know that that's kind of vague. There is no perfect definition in terms of that. Um, when you get into tax, obviously there's there's different rules for short term versus long term. But when you're talking about financial planning, um, 
you know, when I'm looking at short-term things, I, I'd probably say three years and under is short-term and, and, you know, anything over three years starts getting into three to, you know, seven, eight is intermediate and eight plus is, uh, you know, long-term. You mentioned the great recession. What are they, what have they been calling the COVID, um, the dip within since February or March of 2020? Is that still being no. decided or? Is it just uh, a, I mean, shorter than a, a recession, or not even a no, recession. No, it it technically was. It technically, uh, based on the technicals, it was a recession. Um, a recession happens, you know, when the markets are down. I I think it's more than twenty percent for a set period of days, and and so it was. It was a very very short term recession. It actually you know counted as that, uh, but basically, you know, no one's going to name it the, the Great Recession two point or anything. It's just going to be the COVID dip or the COVID pullback or, you know, whatever, because it came back so quickly. I mean, within six months, markets were recovered and, and, and ahead. Um, and we've you know only been going up from there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it really has a, a specific name on that. Do you want to give one? And <laughs> <throwing> her- <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I've, I've actually, uh, I'm, I'm quite sick of, of COVID as I'm sure everyone else, uh, you know, in, in the world is as well. So I, I don't want any more things named after COVID. Let's just hope that it's, uh, getting close to the end and we can, we can all move on. Agreed. So what causes volatility and, um, what are the main causes for those? Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's, there's really four, um, main causes, at least that's happening right now. Um, you know, there, there are a multitude of things that could happen for to cause volatility to happen. I mean, any, any negative news can cause volatility to pick up. Um, but what's happening right now, since we're talking about volatility and we're talking about at the end of this year and what's going on right now, this ties back to what you brought up earlier, Adam, you know, does it happen more so at towards the end of the year? And yeah, I'd say the first reason of what's happening now with the volatility is it is the end of the year. So towards the end of the year, hedge funds, mutual funds, uh, you know, good financial advisors, they're all doing what's called tax loss harvesting. So if you or if they own something, you know, or have bought something on your behalf and it's at a loss, they can sell that. And it helps offset some of your taxes for this year. So there's there's a certain level of tax loss harvesting that happens every year towards the end of the year. There's also what's called rebalancing. And that's just getting people's portfolios that have, you know, certain areas. And I know we talked about this on a previous podcast, um, you know, but certain areas have have grown more than they than than others and maybe some are down and, and rebalancing is just bringing that portfolio back by selling certain areas and buying into others to make sure that it's you have the perfect percentage in each area that you're trying to invest in and a lot of that happens towards the end of the year as well so that you know advisors and mutual funds and and hedge funds and all of these are going into the new year you know, rebalanced. Their portfolios aren't out of whack. They're back to where they're supposed to be. So they're starting the new year fresh. Well, that's going to cause an uptick in trading, an uptick in buying and selling, which moves the market quicker because there's more trading activity. That's one factor that's going on right now that's causing more volatility is there's just more buying and selling. None, of, Neither of those two things is bad. And actually, both of them are good things for client portfolios. 
the second thing going on right now is uh, the the Om- Omicron. I believe I'm saying that right. The new variant that was found, you know, for COVID down in South Africa. Before um, you get into that, can yeah. Can, before you get into that, can you? Is there a race to first to sell first, or does that not really matter? Or no. To to rebalance it, it does it have a, an effect to to be first or last? No, I mean. Obviously, whenever you're doing something like that, you would like to be at at high or as high as you can, but um, you know you can't time the market. You never know when a perfect high is or the you know, absolute bottom is. So, you know, it's more just built around um, you know good investment decisions are void of emotion. They're just based on. We rebalance, you know, for example, me with my clients. I rebalance the clients' portfolios every quarter. If the, if the portfolios are down, if they're up, if they're whatever. We rebalance it every quarter because if you start changing when you do things based on emotion, you're now bringing in room for error and bringing in the human factor. And, and there's enough uncertainty when it comes to investing the way it is that, you know, at least my beliefs and, and you know, a lot of, the the top mutual funds and and different hedge funds out there they're they're very systematic in what they do they're gonna do this you know they're gonna uh, rebalance on December twelfth and whatever happens on December twelfth happens on December twelfth they're gonna rebalance that day and and it's just right. that's, that's what happens that's, yeah that's kind of was I was looking for yeah. is if there's nope not really. Know, uh, Okay. I wouldn't say so because again, you never know. Like the markets could keep going up after, if you're trying to be first because you're trying to be theoretically at the top of the market. Well, the markets could keep going up, you know, and you wouldn't be first; you'd you'd be last, or vice versa. You know, so it, without since we can't predict the future, there's no uh, no guarantee of knowing. So I don't I don't believe people. Is really- there someone that you know that has a huge hedge fund or something like that that has that much influence of the market where they would rebalance or sell something that you know, kind of like to put it in gambling terms where you have got someone that moves the line that big or is that just, Oh yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there, there could be, there could be now. I mean, it'd have to be, you know, let's say Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. I mean, if, if they wanted to, they have a huge holding in Apple, let's say they wanted to get rid of all, I mean, they'd have to get rid of all their Apple, maybe, maybe not all of it, but they have to get rid of a huge portion. And yeah, I mean, that would have a, a great effect on the market and they wouldn't want to do that either because you know it's it's not i know people think that just because they push buy or just because they push sell that it's automatically filled but it's not like there has to be a buyer on the other side so if warren buffett wants to sell you know 20 million shares of apple for example there has to be people on the other side willing to buy 20 million shares at the at price he price. wants yeah. right and if he if he can't find that he would have to lower his price to find more people willing to buy and he may not want to go down so far. So that kind of limits what people are willing, the amount people are willing to to sell in any given time. But yeah, I mean, theoretically, you definitely can have things, um, you know, sales that, that do move, uh, you do move stocks very, very uh, easily. Okay, now you can talk about COVID again. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep this one brief because I, you know, as we said at the beginning, I, I think everyone's sick of hearing about COVID. But, um, you know, again, the the second thing going on right now is this uh, this Omicron, I believe, like I said, I believe I'm saying that right, uh, variant. 
um, from South Africa. And, you know, it's just uncertainty. We don't know as of the time of, of us, you know, making this recording and this podcast, we don't know, um, and, and not just us, but, you know, we don't, the, the country and, and the scientists and doctors, you know, don't know, is this more contagious? Is it, do the vaccines work against it? Is it as severe? Is it, you know, is it less severe? Like we, we don't know enough of that. Well, markets don't like uncertainty. Um, anytime there's a higher probability of, uh, you know, they, they like, they like knowing, or at least knowing as much as they can about what's going to happen in the future. And so with Omicron or um, Omicron, it brings up uncertainty, um, you know, for is there potential of lockdowns or is there potential of hurting the supply chain or, you know, just things that we, we don't know and can't know at this time. Uh, the third thing going on right now is the Federal Reserve. Uh, they have indicated a potential to maybe speeding up their tapering and interest rate hikes from what they had said. Now, I spoke in that way purposely because, again, those are three words that add in more uncertainty. The markets, you know, predicted that there'd be one rate hike. The Fed would be done with their tapering around June. The Fed at their last um, speech said, maybe we have to speed that up. They didn't say they were going to, but the fact that they said maybe they have to speed it up kind of freaked out the markets a little bit because now they can't plan for it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now they can't plan for that. And, you know, again, just adds a level of uncertainty that markets just, you know, never like regardless of time. And then really the last one is is fear and, and it's media. And, uh, you know, any headline that... Um, you know, we've seen in, in the last, you know, couple of weeks here with, with this pullback and, and with the increase in volatility is, is, you know, doom and gloom. And, um, you know, just from a, a psychological standpoint, uh, you know, we all are so much more occupied with so many things going on. Life is so much more complex, so much more complicated. We have phones and TVs and, and uh, computers and, you know, billboards and like, I mean, everything, lights and car, you know, like there's so much more going on, yet we still have the brains that people had 100 years ago when there was a lot less going on or 200 years ago when there's even less going on. So it takes more to grab our attention and keep it, which is a direct cause to why media headlines are significantly more attention grabbing than they ever used to be, even if it the story itself isn't that bad, because they have to do that to try to grab your attention because they're trying to sell like your time is what they're trying to get because they're, they're they're buying your time. The more time you're on their website or the more time you're on Facebook or the more time you're wherever, the more advertisements you see, and that's how they get paid. So these headlines have to be more uh, dramatic to grab that attention. And the two things that grab attention the most are fear and anger. So, again, if we just would objectively go, I mean, go look at any website, uh, you know, news website, doesn't matter who you follow. Like, I bet half of the titles are some sort of fear or anger grabbing, you know, trying to provoke that fear or anger. And so, you know, and then when a lot of us don't read that 
article because we can't read all the articles out there. We just read some of the headlines. It makes it sound so much worse than it otherwise is. Um, and then people, you know, who aren't working with a good financial advisor will make an emotional choice and they'll sell because they're trying to get out earlier. Oh, this is the next crash. Or, oh, this is the next depression. And, and there's people out there that have been calling me that the next crash is going to be greater than the, the, you know, the great depression. And, you know, I don't know. They've been saying it since 2009 when we got out of the last one. So, I mean, I don't know how much validity should be in what they're saying. Eventually they're going to be right that we're going to have a correction. Well, right. Eventually we're going to have a correction. Broken broken clocks correct twice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, eventually they're going to be right and we're going to have a recession. Now how big that recession is, no one knows at this point, but these people go out there and preach this because they're trying to sell you their book or they're trying to sell you uh, a subscription to their email so that, you know, what, whatever it is, like we need to look at the angle of what people are trying. Like, why are they trying to tell me this information? You know, Tanner, why are you trying to tell me this information on the podcast? You should be asking that yourself when Adam and I are talking. Well, we're just trying to get you the information. We're not trying to sell you anything. We're just giving you facts because this is fun for us to do and create a podcast. And we want to help people. But It's free. Exactly. But if someone at the end says, you know, the market is going to crash and this is the things and blah, 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 blah. And here's my book special offer right now to learn how to not go through this. Well, okay. They're trying to sell you their book. They're not trying to help you. They're trying to sell your book. And so right. we need to, you know, kind of look through that or what's the angle of where this information is coming from. Um, and I know that I, I'm getting a little bit off track there with, with it, but it all feeds into, causing more fear the more fear that's out there causes people to sell and or cause people to make emotional decisions and then when people make emotional decisions in a volatile time they're typically selling and oh go ahead adam since the dawn of the internet and and you talked about the swiftness of transfer of information i mean we we have everything at our fingertips has that caused sharper and quicker moments of market volatility or has it been able to in a way help us gain more knowledge since we have all that information so quickly or is it (laughs) (laughs) no it it, unfortunately it is it's the first um information goes out and and it's so quick and it's so instantaneous that um you know, people feel like they have to, oh, I got to get out ahead of this news. And so I got to sell. Well, they might only have read, like I said, they might only have read the headline and not the article. And the headline might sound way worse than what the article actually says. But because of technology and how fast everything moves, you don't have time to read an article all the way through. And then if it is really bad, go make a trade. It's already done. You missed it. So like that. I mean, it's so crazy with, you know, you insider trading i mean social media manipulation i mean the markets can be s- yeah. manipulated well well right ex- and and you know uh, especially couple- when you're a high high profile individual oh absolutely absolutely I mean, and, and that's you know queuing up a a podcast that we have scheduled for you know two from now so stay tuned for that one but we're going to be talking about cryptocurrency and that's a great point you know like mark cuban tweeted about dogecoin and and uh um, Elon, Musk. Elon Musk tweeted about Dogecoin and what happened? It's a worthless coin that does nothing and it it <laughs> shot way up because they just Dude, tweeted about it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, you know, there, there is a, there's a lot more of that. And it makes investing a lot, a lot harder. And, and to your point, yes, it makes it more, it, it makes it more volatile. Um, Just you know. think how easy it would be for him to make a million bucks. Just yeah. go buy some random bleep stock and go, hey, I really like this stock. Well, and right. everybody goes, Elon tweeted, let's go. Well, and, and actually, it's one it of the. Up and see ya. It's one of the things that frustrates me a ton. You know, I watch CNBC for my my market news, and because it, you know, has the markets on all day, and I can't stand when they bring on you know John Doe from ABC uh, Mutual Fund Company, and John Doe is going to talk about the markets and this, and then is going to say, "Hey, but you know what company we really really like? We really really like." Adam Henning Incorporated. And guess what? Harmony Wealth. Let's uh, go. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like, and we own it and we love it and it's it's going to the moon, you know, to use Elon's. T- and guess what? You literally watch it go across the ticker and it's just going up and up and up and up and up. And, and I'm like, that, that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't be allowed because you shouldn't be allowed to go buy something, go on television. Yeah, but and how do you regulate that though? It's that well, the, exactly. That's that's where the issue is. I think everyone would agree that that shouldn't be allowed. But exactly, how do you regulate it, and who gets regulated? Is it only financial people? So Elon can still do his his thing, you know, like who? And you can't stop, you know, freedom of speech. You can't stop people from talking about things. So yeah, I, I it's just a it's something that that is what it is, and it's going to be part of. I, you know, part of the markets, it's going to have to be built into them. And I, you know, I just, to all of our listeners and everyone out there, I, I just say, just pause and reflect a little bit and, and, you know, maybe not just jump on something instantaneously because of that, because it may be going up just because everything's going up, you know, because of, of the person talking about it and it may not actually be worth that. And in which case it, it will correct. It always does. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, let's try to you know kind of wrap this one up and and you know just chat about um, just some of the best advice I think that would be out there for for managing the volatility. Um, you know, do you have? Can any- you reflect the four? Can you reflect the f- re- re- um, review the four um, causes currently? That- yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yep, absolutely. So, so the the well, at least the big four. I'm sure there are other ones going on out there. But the big four that I think going on right now causing the volatility that we're in currently is, you know, just it being towards the end of the year, rebalancing and tax loss harvesting. Um, the second one is, you know, another COVID variant. I'm not going to attempt to butcher it one more time. Uh, the third one is uncertainty with the Federal Reserve and how fast they're going to, you know, potentially raise rates. Uh, and again, review on that. Markets just don't like uncertainty. And then the last one is, you know, just increasing the fear via the media headlines, making everything sound a lot worse than it actually is. Awesome. Is yeah. there a good place to keep up with this or just gen- just general news? I mean, keeping your thumb on everything. Well, you said CNBC, that's more market stuff? or Yeah, I mean, that, I I have CNBC on for, for television. Um, you know, there's there's tons of places to get news. I, I mean... People are gonna go where where they want to go. A lot of times, I try to go to places that are um, 
you know, not affiliated politically. I just want I just want to know what the facts are. I don't really care. I don't want someone to influence whether they think it's good or bad. I can make that decision. I just want to know, you know, what's going on, what the facts are. Don't don't give me politics of whether it's Republican or Democrat or somewhere in between. Just just say what it is. So I try to find those sites. Um, and there's tons out there. There's there's absolutely tons. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, it's a lot. It, it's definitely a lot. I, I think it's another reason why people should hire a good financial advisor because, I mean, this takes me every day. I mean, I, I do this every day and it's it's <laughs> right. over. It can get overwhelming. And I do this all day, every day. Uh, That's why know, I just I'm, find it interesting when people want to, A, do taxes. Well, that's a big one for me. The, the fi- I, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? Even if I did pay attention and... I wouldn't be nearly as good as someone that's actually had, you know, passionate about it and what is educated and is certified. It's just like, uh, okay, less stress, less yeah. fear. Well, I mean, yeah. you're 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 preaching to the choir here. I 100% agree with you, but obviously, I'm I'm a little biased on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it's a lot. It it's a lot. I mean, when when times are good. You know, I think that's easier for people to say, oh, I don't need a financial advisor because, you know, well, the markets are up. Look how much I'm up and look at it. Well, you're right. But what happens when the next, you know, recession does hit and the next market correction does hit or volatility spikes and, and you don't have that, you know, guiding voice there to help bring you back to the financial plan that you've created? Because that's, I mean, that's what the focus should be. So, which again, leads into kind of wrapping this up, leads into the best advice, what you should be doing for managing volatility. Obviously we just stated, I think you should work with a great financial advisor that helps. You know, if you can have someone to talk to, it's been through it, that has a plan for what's going to happen. You know, if volatility picks up, that has a financial plan that's designed around the long term, like we talked about earlier, because volatility is short lived, you know, focus on the long term. Um, don't make emotional decisions. Really, when your emotions get up because of what's going on of volatility, we really need to challenge ourselves to to get even more logical, to get even more rules-based, to make sure we're not making emotional decisions on buying or selling or taking money out or any of that. Um, you know, And then just live by Warren Buffett's saying. And he, he says that he always wants to be fearful when others are greedy and he wants to be greedy when others are fearful. Well, when everyone's fearful in a volatile situation and they're all making emotional decisions and selling, sounds like a great buying opportunity for me and my clients. And that's what you know I've been working on and will continue working on throughout the rest of this year as we're in this volatile time is finding you know good investments for us that have been oversold because of fear and because of this volatility and let's pick them up on sale. And... Um, which then leads into our motto, <laughs> Harmony Wealth's motto, which, you know, again, if you're working with a financial advisor and you have a good plan, you know, our motto is with proper planning and preparation, there's opportunity in any situation. And I think that there's no more time that's more true than that than, you know, right now and when times are, are more volatile. It's uh, we've had a plan for this for our clients. When this had come up, we had cash sitting on the sidelines to be able to take advantage of this. And we're buying stuff on sale while everyone else is freaking out and pulling their hair out. We're, we're buying things and, and we're getting great companies um, at a discount and it's going to be very beneficial for our clients as we go forward. Peace of mind. That's right. 
That's the biggest thing that you should be getting from your financial advisor. Peace of mind and, and um, being able to relax, you know, not have to not have to worry about it so much. You know, I, I didn't tell you this, but a quick story to end here. Um, I, I'm not a vain person. I don't like listening to my own voice, but uh, I was forced to listen to some of our podcasts um, on the way up to um, a recent road trip to the in-laws and my wife was listening and it was, I, I forgot, you know, so I, I, I lived it, but, um, listening to some of the episodes, I was like, oh yeah, I learned something. And I was like, well, <laughs> duh, I listen. I mean, I was there, but it is helpful to go back and listen to it again. Um, and it was helpful. So well, we thank hope you. that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, glad you're learning something. Well, yeah, I was like, wow, this is pretty good stuff. So I hope other people are feeling the same way. And Greta was like, I'm, I, you know, I know this or I, don't, I didn't know that or so. Boom, good. we're learning things. That's right. Good. That's what we want. <laughs> so that was good feedback from her. So if you guys have any feedback, um, shoot us a note. Um, thanks for listening. If you haven't yet, please uh, like, subscribe, leave us a review, a uh, comment, uh, share it with a friend. Um as you can tell, we're, we're Tanner's passionate about this. Um, we're we're committed to continuously providing the most accurate and relevant content um, and professional content to our listeners. So, if you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. We will see you in the next one. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. 